the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I just want to go right to this and uh, get on the record. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. You know, Grace Baker, where's Grace? Grace, Grace. Turn your mic on. No need to shout, Todd. No, it was a long night. I thought you might be napping. (sighs) No, you woke me up. It was, uh, yeah, we were what? uh, We were here till just well after midnight. Yes. uh, Doing the uh, the long form coverage. Thank everybody for joining us, by the way. Oh, yeah, it was a great time. Tens of thousands of people watching us on all of our platforms, and we're always uh, grateful for that. Um, But, Grace, uh, we were having this conversation before we started the program. That it was hard getting a lot of these politicians and the pundits and the pollsters to come on the program today. Yes. So they're all in hiding. They are. That's why. I think they're all hiding under tables right now. (laughs) No, and I get it. I get it. And there are even some conservative talk radio hosts that are taking the day off. Yes. I guess for some R&R. Mental health. But we don't do that. Yeah, we may be be nuts, but (laughs) we're not going to take a mental health day. And the reason why is, uh, you know, we've got to talk about all of this stuff. And it's going to be a tough day. It's a crazy day. It's a weird day. But I, I just want people to understand this. Um, we're not going to be hiding under the bed. You know, we're, gonna, uh, we're just going to plow through all of this. Uh, it was a weird night. And it's, we still are waiting for a lot of votes to be counted. And here is the message. I would much rather have a red ripple than a blue wave. Amen. So you can take that for what it's worth. Am, am I shocked that there was not a red tsunami, ladies and gentlemen? Absolutely. No doubt about it. I was looking at the polling data. The two pollsters that we trust the most on this program, they got it wrong. As a matter of fact, just about every, every pollster got it wrong. But we, have a lot of, we still have a lot of races out. And look, this thing is not over yet. There still are votes to be counted. I'm looking right now at my tally here. Uh, you've got Georgia, Alaska, Nevada, and Arizona. Those Senate races are still undecided. So there's still a good chance that the Republicans will be able to retake the Senate as well as the House. But right now, uh, we've still got a lot of votes to be counted. Uh, we're looking at some of the tallies here. Uh, you need 218 votes in the in the House, and right now the Republicans are at 198. 
And uh, right over in the Senate column, you've got a 50. Uh, Republicans are at 47. Democrats are at 48. We have we have that tied only because we're counting Wisconsin for Ron Johnson and the mainstream media is not. We're going to be taking your calls. As a matter of fact, most of the conversation today will be your telephone calls. What went right? What went wrong? A lot of people are blaming President Trump for what happened last night. President Trump is on the record. He says, hey, look, if we win big, I'm taking credit. If we don't, it's not my fault. You've endorsed more than 330 candidates this election cycle. Uh, Tonight, win or lose, the results for Republicans, um, how much of that will be because of Donald Trump? Well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit. And if they lose, I should not be blamed at all. Okay, but it'll probably be just the opposite. Uh, When they win, I think they're going to do very well. I'll probably be given very little credit, even though in many cases I told people to run. And they ran and they turned out to be very good candidates. You know, they've turned out to be very good candidates. uh, But usually what would happen is uh, when they do well, I won't be given any credit. And if they do badly, they will blame everything on me. So I'm prepared for anything, but we'll defend ourselves. All right. So, look, I, I don't think what happened yesterday is about Trump. Trump was not on the ballot yesterday. The people that were on the ballot were these um, representatives, were these senators. A lot of the issues that were facing these voters, they were local issues. And so I I suspect that when you do a deep dive, you're going to find that there there was something going on. I'm looking at the Lauren Boebert race right now. Lauren Boebert uh, is in danger of losing her seat. Uh, It is very close. They're still counting ballots. But the fact that it was so close, it could be possible that maybe just maybe, and I'm just throwing this out there, speculating here, in the Lauren Boebert case, maybe she was more concerned about being on the national stage than taking care of the constituents back home in the district. You know, we we saw that with Madison Cawthorn to a great extent uh, with all of his scandals. But at the end of the day, he never took care of the constituents. And if you are a member of the the House of Representatives, you got to take care of business back in your district. You can't be worried about getting on Fox News or Newsmax all the time. So, again, my question is, who do you blame for what happened last night? Because we were expecting a red tsunami, and it just didn't happen. It just did not happen. When you look at some of the races, and and we'll be talking to our good friend, uh, political strategist, Steve Gill, in just a few moments, but when you look at at some of these races, I place the blame squarely on Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. And to some extent, I I will ask this question of Team Trump. They're sitting on a pile of money, $100 million that was supposed to be going out there and funding a lot of these candidates. Why was that money not put to use? Why is it that they're still holding on to that money in the bank when they were supposed to be out there supporting and propping up these candidates? But to that point, Mitch McConnell was dumping money in, taking money away, backing in and out. There was no consistency. Kevin McCarthy, this contract with America, it was a load of hooey. And we've talked about this on the program. There was nothing of real substance there. If in fact this, if in fact the Republicans are able to pull out the wins here at the end of the day, the first order of business is to boot Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell. That's the problem. But there's also there's also a a civil war 
within the Republican Party itself, pitting the establishment Republicans against the America First Trump Republicans. And that's been a problem. It's been a problem since since Trump won the nomination back in 2016. Nobody wants to talk about it. But you've got a party that is hell-bent on fighting itself, a party that wants to destroy Donald Trump instead of focusing on what really matters. And there's another issue. And we're going to talk about all of these. And we're again, we want to hear from you as well on this. But quality of candidates actually matters. And we talked about Dr. Oz, and the fact of the matter is that the the good people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania decided they would be better off with a brain-damaged man who has a baloney roll on the back of his neck. He's the better choice than Dr. Oz. That's on the that's on the people of Pennsylvania. But let's get real for a second. How many times on this radio program did we tell you that Dr. Oz was not a good candidate? Yes, he got the Trump endorsement. But just because you get the gold seal of approval from Donald John Trump does not make you a good candidate. And Dr. Oz was a lousy candidate. We all knew he was a liberal. We all knew he was pro-abortion, that he wanted uh, wanted gun control, that he was in support of these mutilation surgeries for kids. We all knew that. And then for the guy to turn around and to say that all of a sudden he's had some sort of a transformation in his life, come on. We're not stupid. But there you go. Um, it was a bad candidate. We had a choice of good conservatives. Look at Herschel Walker. Herschel may very well pull out. I don't know the win there. The Secretary of State and Georgia now announcing it looks like that race is going to a runoff. That race could end up once again, Georgia, you folks in Georgia, could end up once again deciding the balance in the United States Senate. So I'm very curious to hear from you folks in Georgia what happened. But I'll tell you what happened. Herschel Walker never debated. And I, I brought this up. I said it is a warning sign. And what happened? The phones lit up every Trump support. I always knew it. I knew it. You're just a you're a liberal. You're just a closet Trump hater. All right, no, but I am a realist. I can I can see with my own eyes. I can hear with my own ears. But here's what we did, and this is the difference between conservatives and establishment Republicans. When the nominee is selected, and again, you guys know this, I have a rule. If you're pro-abortion, I don't care who you are. I'm not giving you a single penny of support. You, I'm not going to back you. I can't do that. But all the other stuff is pretty subjective. So when Herschel Walker became the nominee, guess what? We got on board. We got on board the Herschel Walker bus, been out on the campaign trail, doing what we can to get the man elected. And I hope he is. I hope he is. But a lot of these races should not have been as close as they were, folks. I mean, when you look at the polling data, an overwhelming number of people in America are furious with the direction of this country. And what do they do? What did they do? They put the people responsible back in charge again. There's one other issue, and we're going to go to the phones here. Hang tight. And I think this ultimately is the big picture issue, and I want you to hear me on this. Since at least 2020, our nation's public schools have been radicalizing our kids. Remember Common Core? They were teaching our children that America was founded by a bunch of terrorists. They called the the Boston Tea Party an act of domestic terrorism. You remember all that? And then along came critical race theory. 
and they were teaching people to judge. You should judge people by the color of their skin, that if you're a white person, you are the oppressor. If you're a black, you are the oppressed. And then along comes the sex and gender crowd with this radical ideology. You got you have a generation of young people, they, they don't know their pronouns. Many parents had no idea this was going on. For 20 for 20 years, most parents had no idea what was happening in that public school classroom. For 20 years. When you look at the when you look at the numbers of people who turned out to vote, there were a good number of young people. So the young people actually got out and voted in the midterm elections. And what I find fascinating is those young people are the people that were in public schools in over the past 20 years. We're talking about the millennials, we're talking about generation Z a group that has been radicalized to hate America, a group that has been radicalized to believe that communism is far better than capitalism. So theoretically, and when you look at at how these young people responded, when Biden said, you know what, we're going to forgive all of your student loan debt, we're going to make the American taxpayer just bite the bullet on that. You've got a generation of young people that would rather just rely on the government. Look at what happened during the pandemic. Nobody wanted to go back to work. They wanted to sit on their fat butts in the Barca loungers getting a monthly check from the government. That's that's their American dream. And I think a lot of that played out in some of these races yesterday when that generation, Generation Z and the millennials, went out to vote. Not to mention the Roe v. Wade decision did have an impact in a lot of these races, especially in Kansas. So, look, we're going to get to your – let's take a call real quick here. And then Steve's been holding on since we started the show from Arkansas. Steve, what's your take on what happened yesterday? Uh, I've got a little thought I'd like to get your opinion on. The Florida governor's race, we saw a 20-point swing from his first election to this election which is almost unheard of in today's politics. How much of that swing is due to his gained popularity versus the fact the first thing he did when he was elected governor back four years ago was went in there and cleaned up their election system. He made everybody clean up their voter rolls. He made them, he he fired several people that had a history of running precincts with a lot of, election in normalities, as they say. Uh, I don't know that if, if you could get a cleanup like that in some of states like Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, these other states that seem to have a problem, to take some two weeks to a month to count their votes, nothing works right. I wonder what kind of swing you would get in that, in those states, if if their systems were cleaned up like Florida's was. Steve, it's a it's a fine question you ask, and I, I look, I, I don't think that had any effect in Georgia because clearly Brian Kemp, the Republican governor, just just pounded Stacey Abrams. Uh, the problem, though, and maybe some folks in Georgia can help us understand this, you had well over 2 million people go out and vote for the governor, uh, but, what, 1.8 million voted for Herschel Walker. So I'm curious to know what happened there when you had people voting for the Republican governor but not Herschel Walker for the U.S. Senate. That's not a voter fraud issue right there. So, But Arizona, yeah, that's just a mess. And I don't. it's going to take a while to get that sorted out. 
But to your point, Steve, I think there are a lot of other factors, and you can say this about Ron DeSantis. He won that based on Ron DeSantis, not Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump has been taking shots at DeSantis, uh, made a threat about DeSantis yesterday, if DeSantis even thinks about running for the White House. So there is bad blood there. And and you can you can have that debate and argument over who is in the right and who's in the wrong, but there's bad blood. But I will say this, the only place in the United States of America that can celebrate a red tsunami yesterday is in the state of Florida. Uh, Steve, got to run. We're late for a break. Opening up the phone lines, who do you blame? What happened in your estimation yesterday? 844-747-8868. We're going to the phones. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. You guys have helped build MyPillow into an incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.98, and believe me when I say you will get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set made with USA cotton comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retailed at $89.98, now just $39.98 with my promo code. There is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-839-8506 and use the promo code STARNS. Or go to MyPillow.com slash STARNS. That's MyPillow.com slash STARNS and use the promo code STARNS. Todd, we have a dementia patient for president that doesn't know what time it is. We now have a senator that's a stroke victim and can't answer any questions unless he reads it on a teleprompter. What's next? A person that's uh, in a coma and can only hold his hands up? <laughs> uh, Ricky, that's a great point there. Uh, by the way, Ricky dropping us a shout out. You can do that on our app. It's free of charge. Uh, if you want to get that app, all you need to do is go to our live show blog at toddsterns.com. We've got a link there and uh, you'll be able to listen to us and send us a shout out like Ricky did. I want to go to the phones here. Memphis, Tennessee, James listening to us on our flagship station, KWAM. James, what's on your mind? Yeah, I think regardless of what happened, it has been a lot of positive that that took place yesterday. And the whole thing about it is Donald Trump has has a great, great reason why. I don't care what they say. Even I remember you made a comment that if Donald Trump didn't take this stuff off of him, but he's angry. He went through four years of just just lies. And I could see him wanting to be president again just to go in there to usurp some of that foolishness that he should have did when he first went in office, but that's unfortunate. He knew about the the, 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 the swamp, but he really didn't remove none of the filth after he went on and participated with it. And he should have did just like the Sanders did. That's what the Sanders did. All these problems that was there, his whole thing was to go in there and make it right. And he showed another thing that Trump, I see was the only somebody Republican by the head. That was tenacity. I ain't scared of you. And that's what the Spanish represent to me. He don't care, but I hope they don't make no, uh, but that's a part of democracy, I guess. But Trump, 
is the kind of guy that he's from the street. He's a street kind of guy. And sometimes he said things that most people would really take to try. But a lot of things that he said really ain't to hurt. It's a he good just point, James. said the way he said. And to be, to make money in New York City in, in, the, in, in that building he was in, he had to be like that to be a building in New York City. <laughs> he did. James, James, hang tight. We got we to gotta run uh, for a break here. But, James, you're right. He's a street fighter. Oh, by the way. Report out that Trump is blaming Melania for Dr. Oz. We'll get into that with our good friend Steve Gill. There's no doubt the nation is facing a financial crisis because of the Biden administration's economic policies. Hi, this is Todd Starnes, and no doubt our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you are vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, physical. It's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold, and they can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship the gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can actually fit inside a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-528-1903 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. the Todd Starnes radio program. So happy to have you with us on this day after that weird day yesterday, which by the way, folks, it's it's not over yet. So there's still a lot of votes to be counted. So there's no reason for you to go into panic mode here. Uh, let's see how all of this plays out. And even if it doesn't work out, which I think it's going to, even if it doesn't, it's okay. We're in this for the long haul here. This is a marathon. We're not going to be able to right every wrong that's happened under the Biden administration overnight, but at least we are making a start. And when you see the numbers coming out of Florida and the red tsunami that happened there, it's just unbelievable. But it's also proof positive that blue states and blue cities can be flipped if the message is right. we got a lot of people that want to weigh in here, but first, hang tight. We're going to go to your calls. I want to bring in uh, one of our great friends. Uh, He was part of the Anchored coverage uh, last night, our good friend Steve Gill. Steve, uh, first of all, you look pretty good for a guy who stayed up into the wee hours. (laughs) I don't sleep much anyway. I make all those Amazon purchases at 3 a.m., so I just... I just uh, stayed up on through my Amazon purchase time. I love it. They do welfare checks on me if I don't buy something at 3 a.m. <laughs> I would need a welfare check if I have, <laughs> if I have that much access to uh, Amazon. Uh, the Daily Mail headline, Trump furious with Melania for telling him to endorse Dr. Oz. He's screaming at everybody this morning after the midterm results. Republicans beginning to blame him for the defeats as they turn to DeSantis for 2024. That is a loaded headline from the Daily Mail. One of my buddies texted me and said, do you believe this? It's like, yeah. <laughs> is, does that sound the least bit Trumpian? Of course it does. It, you know, again, I, I think there's a, one of the things that's interesting, interesting is that Trump does rely on Melania for guidance and advice, and they really have a strong relationship 
And and I think that's one of the reasons why he's been so furious by all these allegations. If you read any of the books, the most disappointing thing for him about those uh, the scandalous details of the fake dossier were the golden showers, and he really was concerned that Melania might might believe that. So I mean that that tells me they have a very strong relationship and partnership. And uh, if this is true, then uh, you know what that's. Um, that explains why Dr. Oz got the nod. Look, we all have a weak spot for our family and our kids. But the, but the problem that, that President Trump has is that he does not have the political experience. And when he's listening to Ivanka and Jared, they, they don't come from a, a, a center-right or conservative basis. Melania doesn't really have a political instinct. So his closest advisors are people who don't necessarily serve him well – and and he you know kind of flips and flops to whoever talks to him last, and they have always last access. Now the reality here is that the Republicans could end up getting control of the House and the Senate. I mean that could actually. I happen. think we do, and I do too. So at that point, this is a moot point. But again, the media is spinning this. Biden is going to be speaking at four o'clock Eastern today, and the media is going to spin this as a victory for a president who came into this nearly mortally wounded. And and still is. Uh, again, if Republicans pick up what is expected to be a, a 10 or 15 vote gain in the House, that's going to give us a 25 to 30 vote margin in the House. Uh, and again, there, there are plenty of races where you have uh, in Iowa, Congressional District 3, for example, the Republicans ahead by a point against an incumbent Democrat. That's a flip. Uh, and, and those numbers are in. They just haven't been declared by the mainstream media yet. So there's there's races to take there. Alaska, Alaska. has this you know, yeah. screwy stacked vote deal that uh, it's going to take them for another two weeks to get their vote counted. But it's either going to be Kelly Sheba or Murkowski, probably Murkowski, the way this stupid Alaska rule works. That's a Republican Senate seat. Uh, you know, we're seeing in Nevada where uh, it looks like Laxalt is has moved ahead and will eventually carry that. We may get the governor's race there, I think, as well. And then Kerry Lake and Blake Masters, both in Arizona, are seeing big numbers come in from the Maricopa box that, that they're holding back and, and they have screwed with. Uh, again, we pick up those, then then we're at fifty one before the runoff in Georgia with Herschel Walker. J.D. Vance, I was I'm curious to know your reaction to this. We went through his acceptance speech, his big victory speech last night. Uh, this is the guy who was third place in the GOP primary, uh, polling at eleven percent. Trump comes in, gives him the endorsement, wins with twenty three percent, or his he goes up twenty three percent, wins last night. Not once does he mention or thank President Trump. You know, he he was distancing himself from Trump as soon as he as soon as he got the nomination. Yeah. And and the candidates that won yesterday for the most part were the ones that were not tied to Trump, the ones that that were going down again in a lot of these house races. Uh Donald Trump had endorsed a lot of his former staffers who really were not capable, really not necessarily connected to their districts. They'd been working in Washington and and that did not bode well. I, I it's going to be interesting to calculate how many wins, how many losses in the general election, not in the primary that came after his endorsement? Not only was Dr. Oz a bad candidate, but the day he got that nomination, what did he do? He scrubbed his website of anything to do with Donald Trump, and uh, there you go. Yeah, ride with the horse that brought you, and and that's what, uh, again, you know, President Trump normally values loyalty. A lot of these folks were disloyal to him as soon as he gave them what they wanted, which was the nomination. Uh, Steve, you've been in the radio business for a while. Mind if we uh, take a few Let's calls here? Calls. All right. This is my favorite part because you never know what's going to happen and what they're going to say. Uh, let's go to the phones here. 844-747-8868. 
Is Trump hurt by what happened in the midterms? That is the question. Uh, let's go to uh, Larry in Arkansas. Larry, you're on the air with Steve Gill. Uh, who do you blame? Hey, Todd, I'm with you. Uh, I blame Mitch McConnell, the leadership. Mitch McConnell specifically, he's not the only one, but but there's people that have enabled Mitch McConnell. The last two election cycles where he was up for re-election, he was borderline losing but two people saved him. The first one was Rand Paul, very popular uh, co-senator there in Kentucky. But the other one was Donald Trump. If it had not been for the actions of both of those guys in two different election cycles, Mitch McConnell would have been retired. Okay? And, and, um, and I also have to agree with what you guys are talking about right now. Donald Trump bears some blame as well. I think mostly through ignorance. I think he's got the right instinct, but I don't know how he's making these kinds of blunders that he is making. You know, like with Dr. Dr. Oz. You know, you you called it straight away before, as soon as it was kicked off. But uh, you know, that's that's my two cents. Todd, thank you for what you do. I appreciate you, Larry. God bless. And uh, Steve Gill, I'm curious here. Um, Larry says Mitch McConnell bears some blame for what happened over um, over the midterms as well. I think he does, and I think Rick Scott. I mean, the battle between Mitch McConnell and Rick Scott over who to help, who to endorse, who to put money behind. Uh, President Trump didn't put any money behind these candidates. He does these rallies that are all about him. Look, I've been to 18 to 24 Trump rallies. They are a blast. They're the circus coming to town. Trump clearly in, enjoys them, and it's all about him. But does it translate into wins for candidates? And and I don't think we saw that in this election cycle. It creates an enthusiasm for him, but it doesn't necessarily translate to the candidates. And I don't think endorsements help that much. I, I, I'm surprised that uh, Coach Dooley's endorsement of of Herschel Walker didn't carry the day. I mean, that should have been a five-point swing just with that. And I don't want to – I mean, I'm the last guy in the world ever that throws the race card. But I'll throw this out. Do you think that the same voters that were voting for Kemp in white rural Georgia dropped off and didn't pick between two black guys? You think that may have been, you think race may have played a factor there? There, there was a huge drop off between the Kemp vote, no doubt and, about and it, and Warnock and and Herschel. I'm just saying, is is that part of what happened? Is that some of those white rural voters didn't vote for one of the black guys? I don't know. 844-747-8868. We have a lot of Georgia listeners. Uh, what say you, ladies and gentlemen? Was race a factor in that race, that Senate race? 844-747-8868. By the way, uh, one of the other big stories, the massive Republican gains in Congress from New York State, where you had four races on Long Island, Republicans sweeping all of them, and the DCCC chair, Sean Maloney, lost his race. That, which is a big one to, to cost him. I think we still got some seats we're picking up in California. I think we're picking up seats in, in Arizona. Again, a lot of these races around the country probably put Republicans at a 10 or 15 uh, net gain that, that gives us about a 25 or 30 vote margin in the House. But but you're right, New York, Florida, Texas, Tennessee picked up one that had been historically in Democrat hands since Reconstruction. All right, let's uh, get right back to the phones here. Dave in Memphis, Tennessee, our flagship station, KWAM. Dave, what say you? Uh, do you want me to answer the Trump question or the Kemp 
and Warnock question. I'm going to let you answer both, Dave. I'm <laughs> generous today. Well, I, think, I think the disparity between Kemp and um, Walker was probably the crossover vote because Kemp earned that, and those people most likely just did not feel comfortable voting for Walker. There may have been a few Republicans in there, but I think it was mostly crossover vote. And I don't think it's racial at all. Secondly, on Donald Trump, you know, I was a big supporter when he was president. And I think as far as what he did as president, maybe the only other president we've had that was better than him would be Reagan. However, he's made himself toxic. He's got a 54% negative rating now. He can't get the crossover vote like he did the first time. And if he runs and gets the nomination, there's no way he can win. We're dead. I would like to see somebody like Nikki Haley, who presents the issues well, presents a very positive and uplifting appearance, and can get crossover vote. I would like to see her run, and I think she's going to challenge him. All right, Dave, I appreciate the call and the observation. Steve, what do you think about that? You know, I'd have to go look at the numbers, but I think that uh, that that you had not only did Kemp poll way above Herschel, but, but the Secretary of State's office, the Attorney General's office, all of those white guys fared much better than, than Herschel Walker did. Again, I don't, I'm not saying it's race, but there was a drop-off not just in the Kemp who had earned uh, the support because he kept the, the schools and the state open, but the other statewide races all went into the Republican column. I'd have to look at how much drop-off there was for them between Kemp and them to see if there was any of this crossover. I, I am curious. Oh, well over 2 million uh, votes for uh, Kemp, 1.9 million, uh, the latest for um, for Herschel Walker. So it th- there is a disparity there, and it makes no sense to me. Uh, let's go to Daniel in Georgia. Uh, listening to us on WDUN. Daniel, help us out here. What do you think the issue was? I think the issue was I held my nose and forced myself to vote for Herschel Walker. And I spoke to you on the radio just a few weeks ago about Herschel and how he was, you know, not the most well-spoken candidate and whatnot and how I thought he would do okay. But, I mean, this has got nothing to do with race. It's got to do with how... These two men, I, I'm a voter, and I'm, I'm frustrated because this, this is the cream of the crop in the state of Georgia, really. <laughs> I mean, I, I know a dozen people that are more qualified and better, that would be better senators for our state than either one of these two, you know, from what I see, wife-beating men. got nothing to do with the color of their skin. Uh, you've got one that sounds like he can barely form a coherent sentence, and one that wants to to act one way and then preach another way on Sunday. This is, it's just, it's infuriating that, that these are the best two candidates that they felt like they could put up in front of us. Tell us that if we don't vote, we're not Americans. And we have to pick between these two disgustingly bad choices. And then when we don't feel like we want to pick one, God bless the people that did vote, and even if they didn't vote for one of these two men, they didn't vote for one of the two of them because they're disgusting candidates. It's got nothing to do with the color of their skin. But you know what, it's Daniel? Got to do 
But you know what, Daniel? You know what you did? Even though you knew that these were bad candidates, uh, you went out there and you voted. You supported the guy who was going to stand up for freedom and liberty and not embrace communism. I supported the guy that was going to steal less money from my wallet than the other guy. It had absolutely nothing to do with what I thought he would do to make Georgia a better place. And that's the truth because I don't believe in either one of those two candidates I love at it. all. Hey, Daniel, Daniel Herschel make uh, compared to John Fetterman. Herschel uh, sounds like an absolute uh, debate champion. I mean, so what? At least you got to give Georgians credit for willing to overlook his uh, incapacity to speak. Two, Pennsylvanians wouldn't do that. The two of those people would have to have a debate in rubber glue. It, it is. Unreal. All right, Daniel, we got to run. We're late for a break here. Daniel, appreciate the call. I'm pushing Stetson Bennett for the next race, man. Put Stetson Bennett down in Georgia, man. He'd win in a runaway. Oh, my goodness. Well, there you have it. (laughs) Fetterneck and uh, Herschel Walker. Folks, 844-747-8868. Our friend Steve Gill joining us. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, let not your heart be troubled, America. And I didn't steal it from Hannity, by the way. That's biblical. Uh, and I'm telling you, folks, do not panic. Now is not the time to panic. We've we've still got a lot a lot of ground to cover, a lot of votes to count. We're going to get to all of your calls, uh, Steve Gill. You've got to head back to Nashville. I want to give you the final word here. What is the takeaway from yesterday? What does 2024 look like? I'll go biblical as well. Jesus wept, and a bunch of Republicans have been doing it since last night as well. I mean, <laughs> yes. it, it was. Uh, it was not what was expected. I think it's going to turn out, as we were talking a moment ago, okay. I think Republicans will end up getting a 10, 15 seat gain in the House, giving us about a 25 to 30 vote margin. It takes the gavel from Nancy Pelosi. I think as we're watching the numbers come in from Nevada, from Arizona, we're, we're going to get Alaska, whether it's Murkowski or Sheba. Uh, and then it comes down to the, to the runoff in Georgia. But I think if we do uh, get, get those seats in, in Nevada, Arizona, and, and in uh, Alaska, the, the runoff is whether we're at 52 or 53. And again, if you're looking at 2024, another person who had a landslide victory last night, South Dakota, Christy Nome, the governor there doing incredibly well, Kim Reynolds, who is not only a rock-solid pro-lifer, social conservative, but man, what she has done for the economy in the state of Iowa, uh, that's huge. She could also be a potential um, you know, either running mate or candidate in 2024. Yeah, she is so down to earth. I've gotten to know Kim over the last couple of years, and, and I am you know very impressed with her. And, and again, in the heartland, you know, she's stepping up. Missouri, uh, we had some gains in Missouri. 
Kansas is one of the perplexing one of, you know, we, we still couldn't carry the governor's race because of the abortion vote there and an abortion referendum that turned out the, the liberals, turned out the Democrats and certainly those campus Democrats that, that vote overwhelmingly for abortion. Pro-lifers in Kansas played stupid politics and the Republicans tried, even conservatives, uh, on the, on their side tried to, to convince them that it was a bad move to shove that legislation down the throats of voters. It was not the right time. And there was political payback and blowback, and not just there, but also in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. So that's a hot-button issue for a lot of people. I can't wait for our friend George Barna to break down the numbers of how many Christian evangelicals stayed home. Those are the difference makers in most every election. When our people stay in the pews and don't show up at the polls, we lose. And no no doubt about that. And Tennessee, another – it was a, a red tsunami in Tennessee. But the reality is uh, only in the Memphis area, I think around 20% of registered voters, a third, no, I'm sorry, about a third of registered voters bothered to go and vote. That's the lowest since the 1990s. So I think there's something to that. These megachurches are telling people, stay home, don't engage in the political process. Presidential election years, 17 million Christian evangelicals stay home. 17 million. That'd swing any and every race. You're thinking Newsom and Hillary? Hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, that's who the, the Democrats right. don't have a bench. They don't. Steve Gill, great job, sir. Safe travels back to Nashville. Folks, hang tight. We're going right to your calls. Got to take a break first. This is the Todd Starnes Radio Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us, that's right, I love this American ride. We now take you behind the scenes at the Biden White House. Let's listen in as Joe awakens to the election results. Joe, Joe, wake up, wait, 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 wake up. Why? I've I've got some bad news. I lost again? Uh, no. You're you're still president, but the House and the Senate... I told you I would win. (laughs) I I told you I would win. I told you. (laughs) Four more years. Four more years. (laughs) I want to celebrate. Let's do that TikTok dancey thing. Come on, come on. Oh, uh, oh, okay. Go find your phone. Uh, I'll be with you in a minute. Uh, it's over here. I, it's over here. I told you I would win four more years. Four uh, more years. Uh, Ho Chi Minh said there years. would be days like this. <laughs> Not every day. Join us next time when our hidden microphones take you behind the scenes. All right, welcome to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Of course, that uh, that exclusive information and audio coming from our investigative journalist inside the White House, the great Paul Shanklin. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Hour 2 of the big show. Do not panic. As I told you in the first hour of this program, a red ripple or trickle is a heck of a lot better than any sort of a blue wave. So we've still got a lot of races that have not been called. Votes are still being counted. 
and we are we're we're not doomed just yet. Uh, look, we've got a lot of calls to get to right now. Though I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker lines. Honored to have with us two great American patriots, Mary Walter, um, host of the Mary Walter podcast, also was anchoring election night coverage into the wee hours on Sirius. Uh, Mary, good to have you with us. Hope you're doing well. Oh, I'm sorry. What? All right, we'll get back sorry. to Mary. Uh, <laughs> and Harry Harry Hurley from radio station WPG Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, Her, Hurley, wake up. Wake I'm up. awake. I'm awake, also sleep deprived. Uh, good to be with you, Todd. Good to be with you, Mary. All right. Gotta love, gotta love the rules. Democrats didn't lose by as much as they should have, so it's it's a great win for the Democrats. You gotta love this. Yeah, Mary. Um, I'm curious. Everybody's been talking about Fetterneck, and I, I just I don't get it. I, I mean, Doctor Oz was just not the best candidate for the Republicans. Uh, but what ultimately led Pennsylvanians to do what they did? So I think there are two things based on my social media feed. Well, one's based on my social media feed, and that is Democrats are just like, well, Oz isn't from Pennsylvania. And I thought, well, and Hillary wasn't from New York, but you would vote for her. So stop with that. And then they go, well, that's whataboutism. There, we've come to a point where we just have entrenched groups that we're going to vote party line no matter what. And Democrats are far stronger in that than Republicans are. Uh, Republicans, I think, are much more, not all of them, but I think there's fewer of them that will vote based on party line. Um, and Fetterman, I'm telling you right now, he will, he'll, not even a year into his term, if he serves a year, I'll be shocked, he steps down and his wife gets that seat so that the Democrats can say she's the first illegal immigrant to serve in Congress. So Mrs. Fetternack uh, gets the mm-hmm. gets the seat, hundred percent. And Biden actually let that slip. Uh, you might remember a couple of yes, weeks ago did. when he when he called her a senator. Yeah. Um, Harry Hurley, um, nationwide. What's the takeaway here? Can I comment quickly on Pennsylvania? Yeah, real go quick? ahead. Yeah, I agree sure. with what Mary said. Also, let's not forget there were six hundred thousand plus votes cast before Fetterman was seen and saying such things as. Good night when it was time to say good, you know, hello. And when he said the Eagles are better than the Eagles. So um, I think had people known how bad he was, Oz would have pulled the thing off. Nationally, the takeaway is Ron DeSantis, uh, Governor Ron yes. DeSantis. Now, that wasn't that wasn't a red wave. That was a red tsunami in Florida. The, the, and here's another thing about Florida that I think is worth saying on the Todd Starn show. Let's have a train the trainer and Florida teaches it, and show how to count votes. They counted 8 million votes by 9.30 p.m. Uh, This is ridiculous that we're going to wait days, and they tell us weeks. Uh, The other takeaway is, if if we will say at the end of the votes being counted that Republicans have about 225, 230 seats in the House, and they've taken the majority back, and have 51 seats in the Senate, would we be like excusing the victory and acting like Republicans lost. I'm not playing that game. Republicans won last night. Biden lost. He was going to flee town without even addressing the media. Now, of course, he's going to. uh, But I I don't think we should play their game that Democrats won last night. They lost. Mary, do you agree with that? 
Yeah, a, a victory is a victory if it turns out the way we want it to turn out. And that's a big if, because when we start counting votes, to Harry's point, I, I don't understand. And I think I said this last night, Todd, with you with you guys, that I know nuns that run m- more organized, more secure bingo games than, than the, the, we run our elections. And we have been trained very quickly, and we've accepted it very quickly, that this is going to go on. Don't worry, you may not know it the next day. We, we've, we've decided that that's okay now. And when you look at the counting that goes on and on and on, have we ever seen a race where a Democrat fell behind and a Republican won? When we do this counting for days and days and days. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember any. George so, W. Bush. George W. Bush. But that's it. Um, and that lasted weeks. So it can be done. Republicans can't be stopped. They have the House. Uh, Johnson was just declared the winner in Wisconsin. That's 49 Republicans. Yes. Uh, Laxalt has a three-point lead in Nevada. He yes. will win. Look how slow they count there as well. And I'm not sure about Arizona. Uh, I don't know that Blake Masters is going to catch up. He might. No. But I do believe that uh, Herschel Walker will win on December 6th. It'll be 51-49 Republicans, even with and- what you said. But here's the thing to me, Republicans are their own worst enemy and they always have been. There is a divide in the Republican Party that Trump laid bare. You had McConnell pull the money from Baldock in New Hampshire, pull the money from Masters in in Arizona because they were endorsed by Trump. So Mitch McConnell chose to take the loss on those two seats because he's so anti-Trump. And that has to change because Trump is going to announce. And I have to tell you, I think if Trump announces, I think it's a liability for the Republican Party. If DeSantis, if Trump can put his ego aside and allow DeSantis to be the face of the election and have Trump step back and be the power behind the throne, I think it's an easy win in 2024. If Trump is the face, I think Republicans are going to have a problem. Well, it's a conundrum because I don't believe Trump can be beat. And I have some experience uh, having worked for him. He feels he was cheated. Yes. He is running. I don't think he's going to wait for December 6th. He has announced that he's making an announcement next Tuesday, or I guess you could say by now this upcoming Tuesday, because it's Wednesday now, uh, in, uh, at Mar-a-Lago. I believe he's not going to wait for the uh, – the, it would be ironic because they'll involve Trump again in Georgia. Uh, but I believe that Donald Trump will announce on uh, Tuesday that he is running for president. And DeSantis is very popular right now. But I don't. I don't think anybody can beat Trump. Yeah. See, and I, and I have to tell you, I think Trump turns independents off, and I think that Ron DeSantis can pull more independents in. Well, it's two separate things, though. If you win the nomination first, and many times we we nominated Gerald Ford when we should have nominated Ronald Reagan, and Ford lost to Carter. Of course, Reagan came back and won. But sometimes you don't endorse the most winnable candidate. Uh, I don't think. DeSantis can beat Trump with with all that Trump, you know, has accumulated uh, going for him. Now, this could change. I mean, yesterday was extraordinary to win. He won Florida by less than one half of one percent of the vote four years ago against a terrible, terrible uh, candidate. And he wins by 19 points yesterday. I mean, he he is a rock star right now. He had a great line. He said, woke moves to Florida to die. And, you know, they want him to run. They're chanting two more years. Uh, when he won. And Harry, we actually have that audio. Let's take a listen. We have embraced freedom. 
We have maintained law and order. We have protected the rights of parents. We have respected our taxpayers. And we reject woke ideology. We fight the woke in the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. You know, let me just say this about about Ron DeSantis. Yeah. He he is he ran an incredible campaign, but more importantly, he governed uh, so well. Yeah. I, I'm looking at the CNN national exit polling data, guys, and I think the challenge here it's something that nobody's really talking about. We mentioned in the first hour of the program, and that is we've got two generations of Americans, millennials and Gen Zers, who have been radicalized by our public schools. We just got we just figured it out during the pandemic, and we're trying to undo a lot of that. But the damage has been done. When you look at the exit pollings, uh, Democrats they they carried the thirty to forty four year old voters. That would be the millennials, and they carried get this the Gen Zers by twenty eight points. The eighteen to twenty nine year old crowd. So Gen Z is responsible for a lot of these uh, a lot of these races being so close as well. But fortunately, they vote in small numbers, but it is a high percentage, and it's true. And I think the three of us will agree, DeSantis gave a speech last night that was, as a presidential candidate, not as a victorious gubernatorial candidate. It was pretty apparent, I thought. Mary, the the wife, Mrs. DeSantis, stunningly beautiful in that yellow dress. Uh, Ron DeSantis holding, the, holding one of the small kids. I mean, it was a Kennedy-esque moment up there. Yes. A hundred percent. And this is why I I have to tell you, I know people who were so gung hung on Trump in 2016, 2020, they either sat out or voted for Biden because they had had enough of Trump. The Democrats got to hand it to them. They gave us Trump fatigue. They hammered and hammered and hammered. And I get that Trump feels aggrieved. I get that Trump feels that he was ripped off because he was. Yeah. But to assuage that, I don't think we give him, you know, we say, oh, okay, well, that's great. If we don't think he can pull it off, if we have a better candidate in Ron DeSantis. A lot of people feel that way, and I I can't argue with that statement. I think Trump will win, but I think a lot of people do believe. And I have the same thing that Mary has. I have a lot of people that were very, very pro-Trump that now are big-time pro-DeSantis. DeSantis is going to declare at some point, and the protege is going to take on his mentor, because let's face it, without Trump, uh, an obscure congressman at the time, Ron DeSantis, would not be governor of Florida at all, let alone winning a second term. He had another thing happen that you can't, it just is given to you and you either lead or you fail. He just achieved greatness with the way that he handled the hurricane. I mean, incredible. It was so quiet almost how he handled it. It was so smooth. All right, uh, Harry, Mary, uh, we got to take a break and leave it there. Mary, get back to your nap. Harry, go take a nap. Uh, you guys, I'm up, I'm up. <laughs> you guys have done so well, and we look. This is far from over, and uh, we're we're going to be. I suspect 2024 is going to be kicking off next week. So uh, enjoy the next few days of vacation. <laughs> Exhausted. Good to be with you, Todd. Good to be with you, Mary. Okay, Harry, great talking to you. Thank you so much, Todd. I I appreciate you. Thank you for letting me join you last night. You guys are the best. Have a good one. Mary, you're awesome. Harry, God bless you, brother. Um, Harry Hurley, WPG Radio, Mary Walter, host of the Mary Walter Podcast. Here's the deal. We're going right to your phone calls. Got to take a break. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Starton Show. 
Hey, Todd, it's James. Hey, you know, I, I think I told you several months ago that everybody's counting their chickens before they hatch. Uh, everybody needs to keep in mind that Democrats will vote Democrat regardless of the candidate. It doesn't matter what the candidate stands for or who he is or she. Republicans need to remember that when they decide, oh, I'm going to grow a conscience and I'm not going to vote for this candidate because of whatever. All right, there you go. Another shout-out on the app, and you can download our app over on our live show blog at toddsterns.com. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, a lot of people wanting to weigh in, and let's get right to the phones. Let's go to uh, Bill in Georgia, WDUN, our station there. Bill, what's on your mind? So, Todd, how do you eat a Republican elephant? Oh, I love this question. I don't know. I, how, how do you eat a Republican elephant? one bite at a time and all of those factors that have been mentioned since i heard you know since your call started they're all contributing factors and the culture a lot of kids that graduate from college are educated beyond their intelligence okay they unfortunately don't know any better until they get older and the critical thinking the logic the common sense is non-existent so unfortunately, that's where we're at. I didn't expect a tsunami. I called. I try to call you once a week because I don't want to bother you more than that. But I didn't expect it just because I've been around for a long time. And these things happen. I'm still happy with the results. Life is good. You know, it is what it is. But we we really need to focus on all these little areas that all add up, and that's the problem. No, it does. And you're right. There there is no one thing to blame, but there are a lots of little things and we've been trying to raise these issues and and I, look, there are people we love Donald Trump. He's a regular guest on this program, Bill, but there are some out there who believe that Donald Trump is Jesus Christ himself and can do no wrong. And that's simply not true. And so anytime you raise an issue or raise an area of concern, you get uh, you get attacked and you've seen what happened to Ron DeSantis who is the heir apparent to the the Trump world, and now they think he's a flaming leftist. Well, if 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 Ron and Don don't work it out, they're going to self destruct each other. You know, to a degree, they, we don't want those two alpha dogs fighting it out. No, and and I don't think it's Ron. Other. I I don't think it's Ron here. I think President Trump, as one of our callers from Memphis, Tennessee, said, is a street fighter. And this is all yep. about this is all about getting revenge for what happened. And I, I don't begrudge Trump that at all, but you can't take down the country, you know, in, in order to accomplish that. So we've got to play smart politics here, and Trump needs to surround himself with some smart political guys who can wade through this, and they can fight those. We're the ones who need to be fighting for Trump. Trump doesn't need to be doing it himself. He needs to let well, us do hope. that. Let's hope that he surrounds himself and he listens, because I'll vote for either one. I just don't want them both fighting out, but that's going to be a tough choice. Yes, it is. Uh, Bill, appreciate that call, and we don't need Trump or DeSantis going to war with each other. That's going to be bad for the party. All right, 844-747-8868. Let's go to Pete in Iowa. Pete, you got about a minute here. Okay. Uh, oh, actually, Pete, hang tight. You don't have a minute. 
Uh, I, Pete, I'm going to put you on hold uh, because I want you to have time to, and you're going to raise a very important co- topic about election integrity. So hang tight, Pete. Uh, we are coming up on the, to- on the uh, bottom of the hour. We're going to get to your calls. We have Jeff in Georgia, Doug in North Carolina, Faith in Memphis, Michael in North Carolina. Lines open 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. Uh, guy, by the way, thank you. Tens of thousands of you uh, watched our coverage last night. Uh, we really appreciate that. It was a lot of fun. Scotty Nell Hughes, Steve Gill co-anchoring our election night coverage. It was a blast, and uh, we just want to say thank you. All right, we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Todd Stern Show. Video of Ron Johnson chugging a beer is that? Well, I guess so. You know what? Good, good for you, sir, uh, Senator Johnson. Now the winner of the Wisconsin Senate race, and uh, we're still waiting for we what we have Arizona, Alaska. We're not going to know Alaska for a couple of weeks. Nevada and Georgia. I will say this: Georgia probably going to a runoff, but I don't think that's going to matter. I I think when it's all said and done, we're going to see. Adam Laxalt winning that Senate race and Blake Masters winning that Senate race out of Arizona. Still a lot of votes to count in those states. And as the previous caller said, you know, they don't get it. Uh, Florida was able to count all of their votes in one night. So what's the problem? Well, let's get back to the phones here. 844-747-8868. Charles in North Carolina, WSIC, our great station there. Uh, Charles, what's on your mind today? Hey, Todd. Well, uh, this, I guess I didn't get my 55 seats like I was predicting last week when I called in. But uh, if we can pull this out, uh, I think it'll be a good thing, and I think we will. I agree with you, Todd. I think we're going to win Arizona. When you look at the number of outstanding votes that are still out there, and those are all same-day votes, and the percentage is going for Lake, and I've got to think it's going to be the same percentage going for Masters, I think just the arithmetic is going to uh, is going to make them the winner right there, and, and Laxalt is uh, is going to win. So it looks like it's going to be fifty one or fifty two. But Todd, what I'm concerned about is, you know, eighty percent of the country thinks we're on the wrong track. Uh, the most important issues, Republicans led by double digits, but yet somehow we just barely squeak this thing out. I just, I don't get it. Something's not adding up. And maybe you have some insight. I don't know if Republicans didn't turn out in mass like they should have. I don't know if there's something going on with these mail-in same day, you know, these mail-in ballots or what. But the fact that so many people would vote for misery and it's only going to get worse just absolutely baffles me. I mean, what's your take? What do you think? Well, a couple of thoughts here. First of all, I I don't believe there was record turnout a, across you know the nation. Uh, these again here in Tennessee, for example, in our area, only a third of registered voters bothered to go to the polls. But it really didn't matter in our part of the country because Tennessee has super majorities of Republicans. We're a super red state, except for the Memphis area. 
Um, you know, it's I I want to see more of the the drilling down of the exit polling data. I'm especially curious uh, in Georgia, where there was such a wide margin of of votes. Uh, you had Brian Kemp, uh, well over 2.1 million votes. Herschel Walker only generating 1.9. So that tells me that a lot of Republicans did not vote for Herschel Walker. That did vote for Brian Kemp. And, and I'd like to, I'd like to find out why. I just think there were a lot of little issues that added up here, Charles. And I think that's ultimately what, um, what led to whatever happened. Because you really don't know, uh, if, I, again, if, if all of these Senate races end up going for the Republicans, I think you could legitimately say there was a red wave. Not a big one, but it was a red wave. Yeah. And, but you know, I think that, uh, McConnell and uh, McCarthy could have done a much better job of, you know, enunciating what the Republican alternative was instead of just being, you know, talking in general in general terms and not really giving that specifics. Uh, I think that hurt us. But as far as Herschel Walker goes, Todd, I think uh, I think he's going to win that, and I tell you why. Over the next month, and between now and a runoff, you're going to hear a lot more bad economic news. I mean, right now we're two weeks away from a diesel shortage, and that's going to entail, uh, I mean, food shortages, higher prices. I think you're going to get some more bad numbers on inflation, and there's going to be a vote on raising the debt limit. All that can be laid right at the feet of Joe Biden and the Democrats, and hopefully Herschel will use that to his advantage. Yeah, Yeah, uh, that's a great point. And keep in mind that you had gas prices going down. I mean, they're clearly not as low as they were when Trump left office. But you had um, people, you know, the job numbers were looking pretty good. Um, But you're right. There is an apocalypse coming here. And uh, things are going to look really, really bad for the country. So we'll see how all this plays out. But, Charles, um, I think we're going to be dissecting this for a little while. Uh, the bigger the bigger concern, what's going to happen next with Trump? Trump is probably going to declare that he's running for office. Do not be surprised if the Justice Department comes out and announces some sort of an indictment against Trump. Uh, I suspect that is that's in the works. That could possibly happen, uh, and I would say sooner rather than later. Uh, and then you've got the DeSantis factor. A lot of people in the Republican Party right now trying to pin this on Trump, and they're making the jump to DeSantis. So there's going to be a big Republican Party squabble coming. It's, and it's going to be interesting to watch, but uh, I agree with you. But, again, i lay this right. What happened yesterday at the the minimal gains that we got, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's McConnell and McCarthy. Oh, no as doubt. As far as Trump goes, it, it's gonna be interesting to see if he's gonna come out in force for Herschel Walker over the next month, or and maybe even DeSantis too. Maybe we'll see some uh, party unity. But regardless of whether it's Trumps in, in the White House or DeSantis in 2024, guess what? We need that Senate seat in Georgia. So it's imperative that we uh, that we get out there, we campaign for it, and we win it. No doubt about that. Charles, appreciate the call. We have lines open now, folks. 844-747-8868. Again, toll-free telephone number 844-747-8868. Let me say this. If you're asking me who was to blame for what happened yesterday, I will say this. It is the fault of Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. They've screwed this up. And I don't know about you, 
But I'm a little frustrated with the Republicans continuing to elect these guys to leadership positions. We need new, fresh leadership in the House and the Senate. So I hope, I I truly hope that we're able to somehow squeak out majorities in the House and the Senate. And if we do, we need new leadership. If we don't, we need new leadership. I blame I blame the Senate situation squarely on Mitch McConnell's shoulders. That's his fault. Jerking the chain, yanking the money, not getting behind the candidates because they had Trump's endorsement. Got a problem with that. And there's an argument that could be made that New Hampshire would be in the Republican and would be uh, would be sending a, a Republican to the Senate had it not been for Mitch McConnell interfering in that race. All right, let's go to the villages. America's friendliest hometown. Mark hanging out with us. Mark, what's your take on last night? Oh, man, Todd, there's so much to talk about, and I know I don't have a long time to do it. You know, DeSantis won here in Florida because he listened to his voters. He listens to what their needs are. And the reason you're seeing such a massive blue wave here is because you're getting a lot of these conservative people from these other third world states like California, New York, and they're coming down here. That's why we flipped, I feel, Miami-Dade from an 8% to an 18%. It's just that's what they're doing. They're flooding into the, the state of Florida because they know that this governor does what he's supposed to do for his people. He's an incredible, him, Marco Rubio, I give him a shout out too. He's phenomenal. He's another one. And, you know, I don't know what's going on between Trump and him. I have no idea because I like both of them. I mean, if DeSantis gets in there, you know, and Trump gets in there, it's going to be a toss up. You know, I think that DeSantis needs to wait, let Trump finish the next four years and then get in in 2028. And then that way he can at least listen to what Trump, how Trump runs the system because i think if desantis gets in there now it's too soon and they will barrel roll over him then again they may not and he may do that same kind of just kind of like trump without the talk you know what i'm saying so either way it's going to be a win-win for florida but we smoked them here in florida and the thing is with these other states like georgia pennsylvania why would you take somebody like a Fetterman over Oz? Makes no sense to me. But it goes, like you said, a lot of young voters, these indoctrinated kids over 20 years is a big part of it, I think. We got to fix We got to fix our public school system. We got to do it. And it's, uh, is it, I mean, um, can we save the millennials or Gen Zers? I don't know, but we got to stop it. And if we don't, uh, we're going to lose this country. I mean, it, it's that clear to me, Mark. Uh, got to run, sir. Appreciate the call and the analysis. Congratulations. By the way, first time, first time uh, for a governor to win Miami-Dade in two decades. Florida's Miami-Dade County turning red for DeSantis. Last time that happened was back in 2002. Uh, let's go to South Haven, Mississippi. Brian, listening to us on KWAM, wants to weigh in on that Pennsylvania Senate race. All right, Brian, what do you have to say about Fetterneck? Okay. <laughs> or Uncle Festus or, you know, whichever <laughs> whichever name you want to give him. Yeah, I mean, that, that's your previous caller. I mean, that 
I guess my question is, who is the bigger moron, uh, Fetterman or somebody that votes for Fetterman? Or Oz, who lost to Fetter, Fetterneck. I, I, I don't get that, Brian. It's, this, is, this was such a bad candidate. And again, the Daily Mail is reporting that Melania, Melania Trump was responsible for convincing her husband to endorse this guy. And now Trump is raging mad at everybody over, over how things went last night. Oh yeah, absolutely. A uh, couple couple comments. Uh, your previous caller uh, just said uh, so. Uh, I agree. I mean, Trump and DeSantis have got to get something you know squared together. Uh, they've got to work together. I mean, they both have four years eligibility or term or whatever left. They need to work together. They compete against each other. I mean, that's not going to be good. Uh, the second uh, the second comment. I, I see it a different way on Walker and uh, uh, Warnock. I think the Democrats are going to pump $200 million into that runoff or whatever. I I just don't think it's good for Walker to go to runoff. He's, it's a tough, it's it's going to be a tough sell. The guy, he's not a good candidate. I'm just telling you, he's, he's not an effective candidate out on the campaign trail. He's done better. He's gotten better. Uh, and I, you you see the improvement. If he gets elected, do I think he's going to go along with the conservative party line? Yeah, I do. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was a rough campaign. I will tell you this from a booking standpoint, uh, his campaign team was not doing a very good job. Uh, they were they were keeping him away from a lot of conservative media. They didn't want him out there. And at the end of the day, I think that hurt Herschel Walker. But let's see how all this plays out. I'm with you, though. They're going to be dumping hundreds of millions of dollars uh, into that race, especially if the, the fate of the Senate rests on whatever happens in, in Georgia. Brian, got to run there. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Mighty 990. Folks, we got to take a quick break here. 844-747-8868. Big election. Well, almost over, but America is not going to be the same. Washington is changing. So is big media. And that's why we support Newsmax, the rise of Newsmax, making a big difference. Newsmax is now the fourth highest cable news channel in America. Every day, every night, I watch Newsmax for the real news I can trust. I watch Rob Schmidt every night. Rob is asking those tough questions the media will not ask. Uh, they also have Greta Van Susteren, Eric Bowling. And Sean Spicer, even President Trump, says Newsmax is good. Next week, President Trump will make his big announcement. And you're going to be able to get the latest on that announcement by texting the word RALLY to 39747. That's RALLY to 39747. One more time, write this down. Text RALLY to 39747. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Someone said, Starnes, you need a nap. You were up. No, there's no napping in radio. What's wrong with you? This is not NPR. This is NPR. No, we don't do that here. You know, Grace, it always troubled me, those people over at NPR. Um, I'll never forget 9-11. I was, you know, your channel surfing, you were trying to get the latest information when they flew the jetliners into the buildings. And so, anyway, people are, like, freaking out everywhere, which is legitimately what you should do. And then you go to NPR. This is NPR. I'm sorry, Todd. Can you repeat that? I was sleeping. A plane has flown into a building in New York City. It appears there has been damage. 
It's like, holy crap. What? Do not panic. Uh, you see, this is what happened. You see, radio is not supposed to be boring. That's all. All right, real quick, let's go to the phones. Then we got to bring in our good buddy, Ben Dieter. Uh, Pete in Iowa, thanks for holding on for a while, sir. What's on your mind? Hey, just like you said, don't panic. Uh, what I think it boils down to is election integrity. I think there's a Marx had the saying that it's not the vote. It, it's who counts the vote. And if you look at, like, Florida, back when you, uh, they had Gore and Bush, they had all that trouble, and then they cleaned up the election, and Florida, you know, has a wave. And you look at even, like, Tennessee, Iowa, Wyoming, uh, all those uh, have uh, votes that are are watched and like the iowa secretary of state they do it on on paper and and all sorts of you know public information but if you go to like uh pennsylvania michigan uh, even uh georgia and when abrams came in all the mail votes and and all the shenanigans all of a sudden they can't win and I don't think, you know, look at Trump. The last time he won, had $80 million and can't win. I think the same thing would happen next time with DeSantis, Trump, anybody, you know, even, you know, the Christ couldn't be elected because they've got... Uh, are you talking about Jesus or Charlie? Are you in Charlie Crist? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, not, not Charlie, but even to... You know, Christ, the Holy One. Oh, our Lord. Okay, would, very good. My they, apologies. They would I didn't know he was on the ballot. Corrupt, <laughs> yeah, no, they would have corrupt systems and voting like they do now. And until the states, you know, like Arizona's trying to turn the corner, you know, Texas is, is going, you know, sort of down the stream in a way until we get actually, you know, integrity in the voting, uh, no one can win. Well, it's, until it's they a, can clean up the system. Yeah, it's a fair point you raise, Pete, and we're we're coming up on the on the break, so we will let you go. But I think you're right. Election integrity is a huge, huge thing, and Florida's done a terrific job. Ron DeSantis has cleaned house down there. So Ben Dieter uh, is here. He is the morning host at KWAM, our flagship radio station. And Ben, you're like the pri- every Republican woman in the city of Memphis is chasing after you. You know what can I say? They like it's, to wake up with me in the it, morning, Todd. <laughs> it's a blessing. It's a great blessing. We're going to hold you over because we have to talk about a crazy story out of Memphis. So I'm very proud of my state. Uh, we voted to ban slavery, which is a good thing. I didn't realize we had not already done that. Um, but what concerned me was there was it was not a unanimous vote, which has me somewhat alarmed. Uh, I'm not quite sure what that's all about. And then also a dead person voted or a dead person won an election here in in the uh, Tennessee area, Memphis, Tennessee area. Yeah, I wasn't sure if the D behind her name was for Democrat or, or dead. dead. I'm not sure. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Wow. We're, we're electing dead people. Slavery is bad, ladies and gentlemen. Just for the record, want to get that out there in case Media Matters is listening. Hey, Hour 3, coming up next. No sleeping and radio.
Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American Starns. All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program, Therapy on the Air. Ladies and gentlemen, I know many of you are discouraged and depressed. You're in a little bit of a funk. No, that's, um, no, no, no. Don't, no, don't use the dump button. That was F-U-N-K, funk, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes, I get it, but it's okay. The whole point of this radio show today is to walk you back from the edge of the cliff, um, almost as if we're giving you a delicious, hot, warm chocolate chip cookie. Just walk this way. Uh, folks, do not panic. No need to panic. We still have a lot of votes to count. Uh, there are still a lot of races that have not been decided. And I do believe that at the end of the day, we're going we're gonna to have a nice Republican ripple, maybe just a gentle wave, a lapping wave. Uh, not, not a tsunami. I get it. I wish we could have had one, but it just didn't happen. But again, I don't think there's any reason for you to panic just yet. want to share some good news for you where New York Republicans slaughtered Democrats. Uh, the latest news just coming from Fox, Democrat, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee Chair, Sean Maloney, goes down in defeat, conceding his race. That is a pickup of another House seat for Republicans. So that is, that is good news. There's going to be a lot of fighting, a lot of finger pointing. And as we explained in the last couple of hours of the program, there were a lot of little things that added up to problems around the country. I want to go to the phones before we go to our, our next guest here. 844-747-8868. Let's go to Dora in Florida, where you guys did experience a red tsunami, Dora. Yeah, we did. And that's because the first thing our governor did is he cleaned up our elections. He got rid of those Dominion voting machines. He put people in charge. He's got poll watchers out there. He created committees. And I'm telling you, I don't believe for one New York minute that Fetterman was legitimate, just like I don't believe Biden was legitimate. And if you look at the problem states, they're Democratic governors. we got to get rid of those people. Like Gretchen Whitmer is another one. I mean, Ron Johnson, to have to struggle for his seat, I don't believe it. And Arizona... All of the voting machines going down and 250,000 illegal uh, mail-in ballots by, in Pennsylvania. Come on, folks. This is the same system that, that, that overthrew us to begin with. We've got to get our, electorate, our election voting integrity cleaned up. This is a big deal. Well, it is a big deal, Dora. And again, at this point, we don't know if there ha we haven't received any reports of significant voter fraud. Uh, the issues in Arizona, even the late campaign coming out and saying, hey, look, we don't know if these are technical glitches or there's something else going on here. We just don't know. But to your point, Doug Ducey, a Republican governor, did nothing to fix the problems. They had, they knew there were problems. They had time to fix the problems, but they didn't fix the problems. Ron DeSantis did. And to his credit, you guys were able to count millions of votes uh, in just under a few hours. And there, you know, you guys are celebrating big wins today. Exactly. Right. And as far as uh, Ron 
Ron DeSantis, he's great. Don't get me wrong, but the House divided it against itself can't 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 survive. All right, come on now. You're preaching now, preacher Dora. Trump's got to use Ron DeSantis as his vice president. That's the deal. We got to come together in this party. We got to defeat these communists. Get him out of office. We are the world. Yeah, we got. It's like a kumbaya moment. We got to hold hands and sing with all the rock stars and do a music video. Dora, appreciate the call. Thanks for listening. Uh, ben Dieter, the morning show host at KWAM uh, News Talk AM nine ninety in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, joins us. Ben, it was a long night yesterday. Uh, you also happen to be a young conservative, and I want to get your take uh, from your vantage point on what happened last night around the country. Well, it's interesting, Todd, because they're saying my generation actually came out and vote voted in a non-presidential election, which is pretty remarkable because that's the thing about my generation. We are loud. We're a loud bunch. We love to riot in the streets all across this country. Uh, we love to burn down everything because we don't get our way. But when it comes to the ballot box, we shut up and we don't do it. Well, apparently something shifted in the electorate of the Gen Zers and those millennials and got them out. Maybe it was maybe it was the election deniers. Maybe it was the threat to democracies. You know what they said that was motivating the young people this year interesting uh unfortunately the conservative young people did not come out in droves and, it doesn't and maybe look that's like a it. part of it yeah uh let's go to the phones here ben i, I we've got a couple of your listeners uh, on the phone lines uh memphis tennessee bill uh listening to us on kwam our flagship uh station bill what's the bottom line for you on this vote and you're on the air with ben Dieter. What's up, guys? Well, hallelujah to Dora, call of the day. Um, you know, let me say, this is, it's unbelievable to me again. You know, um, I couldn't believe Mulroy won here in Memphis. Prime example, 20, 25% of registered Republicans got off their butts and went and voted in an important election, let Mulroy get in the, get the win. So I thought, well, okay, maybe we'll learn a lesson. So now, I mean, not Memphis, obviously, Tennessee did okay. But look, I mean, you know, and maybe there was something in shenanigans going on in Pennsylvania. But, you know, if if my dog ran against John Fetterman, my, I would have to vote for my dog. I mean, there's no way. How could anybody with half a, a tenth of an IQ vote for Fetterman? Number one, it wasn't even another stroke. His policies are exactly what's killing this country right now, and he's even farther left than those policies. And Pennsylvania uh, fracking capital and he's against it. And then he's lies to everybody in their faces like y'all are idiots. What did they just say? Oh, okay, I guess he's telling the truth. He changed his mind. I mean, I don't even understand it. I just don't know. And, I mean, there's obviously no time to panic, so to speak. But whatever, we need to figure something out. I'm tired of everybody blaming everybody. You know, Trump, I'm a Trump, I'm a Trump fan. I don't worship him. I believe in his policy. And I believe in Ron DeSantis. You know, I went to Florida during COVID. I'm telling you, when I went down there, it was like I was literally in another country. You wore a mask if you wanted to. But other than that, you didn't have to wear a mask. Restaurants were open all hours of the night. You could do whatever you wanted to. It was unbelievable. Literally, I didn't know what had happened. Did I fall into a portal or something? But, I mean, we've got to figure something out. This is unbelievable. I mean, is there is there some – are the Democrats – is there like a different uh, price they pay at the gas pump or at the grocery store than what we pay? You know, because Bill, it's interesting – it's interesting you ask that because someone actually sent us a screenshot, and uh, Ben Dieter, this might be a good topic for you guys on the morning show, uh, that there were stickers placed in gas stations all over Memphis, 
uh, offering people money to vote for Democrats. So to your point, Bill, uh, maybe somebody was out there uh, offering Democrats a financial incentive to get out and vote. Well, he must have been in Pennsylvania because I really, <laughs> no matter how bad a candidate Oz was, there's yeah. no way you could vote for I don't understand. I mean, well, literally, I, I really don't understand. But Bill, it is what it is, right? Bill, appreciate that call. For the president. Yep, appreciate, appreciate that, that call. All right, good guy right there, Bill from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, we've got one up, though, on the Fetternet crowd and the uh, the baloney roll on the back of his neck there. In Memphis, Tennessee, they voted for a dead woman, Ben Dieter. What, what's the story here? So it's interesting. About three weeks ago, I was on air, and I got a notice across the wire, and it was that one of our representatives, she's about 93 years old, well, she went to meet her maker. Barbara Cooper is her name. She's a Democrat. She's been in the General Assembly in Tennessee for a long, long time. Well, she ended up back on the ballot. She was running for re-election. However, she passed away in the middle of her election bid. And she, what, 93 years old, and she was running for re-election. 93 years old. So here's what's fascinating about this. Um, They, during the funeral, instead of, you know, normally you send flowers or condolence card, they told people they wanted their vote. So they were telling people at the funeral to go and vote for this woman on Election Day. Uh, it's I don't understand why, because right now you have the Election Commission. They're saying they're going to have to have a special appointment. The governor is now going to have to step in and fill her seat. So now it's just a big old disaster. But interestingly enough, Todd, uh, the people in Memphis would know we've talked to voters and they said this maybe was their first time ever voting for a Democrat. Now, it was a dead one, mind you, but they still got out there and voted for Barbara Cooper. <laughs> That's insane. So look, I get it. I guess, you know, you feel sorry for the lady. But at the same time, you're going to have to be spending a lot of tax dollars to hold a special election to get somebody new uh, for the seat. Proving my point that people in Memphis would rather vote for a dead Democrat than a live Republican. Hmm. Well, here's the thing. We see our Democrats here, the ones that are alive, and they're doing worse than our, well, may she rest in peace up in heaven. Ben She's D- doing better work up there than what's a, happening and look, here. Somebody dropped dead. There was another candidate, that, a dead candidate that won in Pennsylvania. Yeah, he did. It wasn't Fetternick, though. <laughs> and, and by the way, the dead guy in Pennsylvania probably is more cognizant than Fetternack is. I'm just, it's just unbelievable what's happening there. By the way, that reminded me of a story. You folks out there, Ben Dieter, we're educating you here. I'm sure they didn't teach this to you in political science. Louisiana uh, has one of the most corrupt and yet most colorful political uh, processes, and they had a governor by the name of Edwin Edwards. This guy was a scoundrel, had his own reality show, I think went to prison, uh, married a young woman, like in her 20s. It's uh, it's quite scandalous. Anyway, the guy says that the only way he would ever lose an election in Louisiana is if they caught him in bed with a live boy or a dead woman. It's a great line. It sounds so. like Tiger King. Well, he... <laughs> minus the livestock. All right, uh, folks, we're going to take a break here. We're getting an update on the Georgia race literally live right now. Uh, we'll bring that information to you. Looks like we're heading to a runoff there. Adam Laxalt now leading and increasing his lead in Nevada. That would be a pickup for Republicans in the Senate race. We're going to be getting to your calls. Uh, who do you blame for what happened yesterday? 844 844- 
747-8868. Ben Dieter, KWAM, great conservative morning radio host. You got to check out that show. Uh, ben, go go take a nap. Hey, only until you do. You guys, okay. this guy, Todd Starnes, he's been up all night. The guy doesn't sleep. You guys know that. But on election night, I don't think there's enough sweet tea out there. Uh, I tried getting him an energy drink. You did have a Celsius last night. Didn't yeah, you? I have one of those energy drinks. And it says it burns fat. I had three chicken nuggets and immediately lost 15 pounds. It was amazing. That was, I mean, hey, it lives up to his promise. You're looking good this Why morning. Why is Grace shaking her head at? What's going on over there, uh, Baker? Are you doubting me? I just don't think that's the way a Celsius works. Well, it says it right there on the label. Uh-huh. I'm just, my heart valve did a few extra rotations, Might so there's a, a lot of caffeine effect. in that. Might be a placebo effect. All right, got to take a break. We'll be right back. I'll Google. Uh, this coming in from Fox News Channel, a bit of breaking news. Kaylee McEnany, who was President Trump's press secretary, is now urging President Trump to suspend his 2024 presidential announcement. That announcement is supposed to be next week, what, November 15th. So now Kaylee McEnany uh, says that Trump needs to call that announcement off. And uh, no doubt... We're going to hear from the president on that because Kaylee McEnany owes all of her career to Donald Trump. Clearly, and this is this is what bothers me about situations like this. You know what? She could have kept her mouth shut. There are plenty of other people out there doing, you know, making those pronouncements. She didn't need to do that. But I really have a problem with people who are nobodies. President Trump elevates them, gives them a position of power and authority, and they turn around and they stab the man in the back. I mean, have a little bit of respect. Have a little bit of loyalty. It's pathetic, but uh, this is what's become of uh, Fox News. It's very disappointing. Uh, Let's go to the phones here, 844-747-8868. We're going to talk to Jim in North Carolina, WSIC. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, listen, I'm 72 years old, Marine, uh, 30-year professional pilot. And listen, I don't blame anything on McCarthy or McConnell. I blame it on the press. And I blame it on the press for this reason. The press will put out all the stuff about the red wave, red tsunami, everything like that. So you got this guy that's 40, 50 years old sitting on his fat butt playing... Uh, uh, games on his TV, and he says, oh, hell, it's uh, 68 degrees outside, and the winds are howling at three miles an hour. Why should I go vote? It's already won. So you're blaming then, the media. You brought, you blame the press. Of course I do. Who's the press run by? It's run by the liberals. They never sleep. And the thing in uh, Arizona... Now, if you were going to take your kids out with your flashlight night, go look at deer, you know, owls or whatever you look at, wouldn't you, wouldn't you hope that the batteries in your flashlight worked before you went? And in Arizona, oh, well, wait a minute, 20% of the voting machines don't work because the batteries don't work. Are you kidding me? Jim, uh, we're going to leave it there. It's a good point you raise. Jim, blaming all of this on the press. 
By the way, the White House now reporting that um, they see this as vindication for their policies. So the Biden administration is looking at last night's election. They're saying this vindicates everything they have done to us thus far. Uh, 844-747-8868. Let's go to Susie in Georgia. WDUN, our great station there. Hey, Susie, what's on your mind? Hey, Todd, I'm still your friend, even though the Bulldogs beat y'all. Oh, Susie, I know. It was it was a butt-thumping, as they say, in these parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to say, Todd, that I cannot believe that Mike Haney did that. I cannot believe that. It's, that she would stab our president in the back. Very disappointed. Very disappointed in her. It is. Me too, Todd. That just hurts me. But I want to say that people are all up in the air about bragging on DeSantis, and I think he's a great governor. And I am so, you don't know how thankful I am that Brian Kemp is my governor again. I'm just beyond thankful for that. But people need to realize DeSantis would not be where he is if it wasn't for President Trump. Well, I don't know about that, Susie. He did a great job as a congressman, and so he had a he had a career in Congress, and then he left that to run for governor. I, I see what you're saying, but I think DeSantis um, was his own man, and maybe he learned some things from how Trump governed, uh, and he implemented those in Florida. So, I, you know what? I'll give you that that maybe he was heavily influenced by Trump. Yes, yes, but I just—I'm just so thankful who we got our governor again. <laughs> and uh, real quick, we but Herschel Walker—we um, got about ten seconds here. What do you think went wrong there, Susie? I'm not sure. Probably because he didn't debate. Maybe I—I I, I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't have a definite answer about that. But I'm going to do what I can do for the runoff. But. The thing about the runoff is a lot of people are not going to get out there and vote in that time. That's right. And, Susie, you're right about that. But you got to get out. we got to get out the vote in Georgia. So we'll be doing our part on this radio program. Hey, folks, we got to take a quick break. Hang tight. We're getting to all your calls. Lines open, 844-747-8868. Biden says you guys want more pain and punishment. Is that true? I sure hope not. She's alone. So we have a, a runoff in Georgia. Lee Zeldin just conceded the race uh, for governor in New York State. He ran a heck of a great campaign. And look, the people of New York said, you know what? We want more violence on our streets. I mean, you can't, you know, what are you going to do? So um, anyway, I suspect you're going to see another mass exodus of people from uh, New York State, the Empire State. Laura writes this. This is a fascinating uh, um, observation. Laura says, Todd, the under 30 class now hates the baby boomers. We raised their parents and we spoiled them. In turn, our kids spoiled our grandkids and sent them to public schools and universities. And we were too lazy to take them to church. All our universities are controlled by old liberals. Todd may be too young to remember the college deferments of the late 1960s. I was. I was born in 1967, uh, Laura. Lots of young men went to college uh, to avoid the draft and conveniently stayed in the bubble of university ivory towers, influencing students and curricula. Trump represents the old ways, and our youngins will not vote for him. 
We need to run younger candidates like DeSantis. That's what Laura says. Well, what say you? Uh, let's go to the polls here, or rather the phones, 844-747-8868. Maybe I do need a nap. Uh, I want to go to Preston in North Carolina on the talk station. Uh, Preston, I understand you want to weigh in on this Fetterneck and Oz race. Yeah, I want to say a little bit about that. Um, I'm shocked that he won, Fetterman. Um, Oz was not that bad of a candidate. Uh, I don't know how strong of, uh, you know, his Republican thinking was, but I didn't pay any attention to Oz until he got into the race, and everything I heard him say was okay with me. But compared to Fetterman, I can't believe that that man won this race. It's almost like I think somebody pulled some strings or something and caused that to happen. I just can't believe those people are that stupid in that state to vote for him. Preston, now, to that point, uh, this is a state that also elected a dead man to office. So I could understand, you know, why they would vote for someone who is, quite frankly, a walking vegetable. Well, they felt sorry for him, evidently, and they don't think uh, that it, uh, that that seat is important. Look, here's, here's Mike. Look, this, this was doomed to start, Preston. Here you have a state... That is a blue-collar state. Uh, you've got a strong coal industry. You um, you have the Rust Belt there. And the Republican nominee was a multi-bazillionaire who lived, had lived in New Jersey, moved to Pennsylvania just to run for the Senate, mm-hmm. and he just never connected. He was he's a great T V doctor, don't get me wrong, and I you know, it's it's a great right. T V show, but I don't think he connected to the average voter in Pennsylvania? It's possible that could be it. I mean, there's a lot of people that he should have connected with there, though. I mean, it's not all blue collars. You know, you got Philadelphia and everything. But be it as it is, I'm still stunned that he got, that Fetterman got it. And uh, this thing about Herschel, you know, Herschel, he was against a guy that was really polished. I don't agree with that. I can't even think of his name right now with him uh but herschel was a much better man than what's in there now and uh no doubt about it i'm not a i'm not an authority on politics i'm just kind of dialed in your show today i don't hear it every day um this thing that kaylee just announced shortly ago you know i know what she's doing she's leaning towards desantis and uh and i think a lot of people are and I'm a, I'm a Trump supporter, don't get me wrong, but I'm telling you, Trump needs a little bit of humility. He needs to calm down and start talking reality and not so much as this narcissist stuff because he's hurting himself. There are a lot of but, self-inflicted wounds, Preston, and and I. Yes. One of the things that bothers me is you, you got to be loyal. You got to dance with those with whoever brought you to the big dance. And I got a problem with people like Kaylee McEnany going out. Look, there are plenty of people that are going to be out there saying Trump needs to do X, Y, or Z. I think what you're watching yeah. at Fox is people jockeying in the event that Trump decides not to run and uh, Ron DeSantis jumps into the race. Regardless, President, look, if Trump runs, uh, I think it's going to be a hard race. Can he win? I don't know. Um, 
but I I think he'd be a I th- I'd love to see him have another term in office. Ron DeSantis, I think he would make a great president too. Uh, we just have to make sure they don't kill each other and destroy conserv- you know the conservative movement in the process. Right, and that's the fear. That's the worries is the, of the splitting. But listen, I thank you for your show. I really do. It's a great show. Well, you're kind to say that, Preston. You give us a call back. I will tell you this, Preston. Um, you may not agree with my opinion, but this is what I believe. And you know, we don't uh, we don't blow a lot of smoke on this radio program, and uh, we we irritate folks on both sides. Uh, but I just call it like I see it. God bless you, sir. Let's go to Memphis, Tennessee. Faith on the line, uh, listening to KWAM, the Mighty Nine Ninety. Faith, what's on your mind? Hello, Faith. <laughs> Hello. Hi there, Faith. You're on the air. Yes, hallelujah. Uh, I've been waiting for two hours to get my coming in. Uh, I do love that you're a straight shooter, and you probably know what I'm going to say. Uh, I don't think it's Trump's fault. Uh, He has flaws. and Anybody who loves somebody critiques him. You accept whole people, not half people. So for me, it was disappointing to hear a lot of your callers, even the gentleman who was in there with you today, uh, because they seem all too enthusiastic to lay the stab. And this is just the same warm over milk and soup I see from January 6th. You're going to always have those people who are going to jump at an opportunity because they have contempt for Trump. And when you have contempt for people, I don't care how many good qualities they have, you see things through the spirit of contempt. So who I blame, I blame uh, Republican leaderships and us voters. I'm going to say why I blame Republican leadership. Um, uh, they're petty. And they won't power, and they don't care if they're in power as long as they won't power, and they hate populism. And uh, McConnell and McCarthy and Carl—they went out their way to put money into Pennsylvania. Oz was a horrible candidate. I don't care what nobody say he was horrible. Him and Federline believed the same thing up until recently. Um, I think Kelly was a better candidate. <clears throat> Kathy Barnett, I'm sorry, but they put money in there pumping Josh Shapiro. They went after all of. Uh, so-called Trump-endorsed candidates. Trump is not on the ballot. So win or lose, they just hate Trump, and they want people to hate Trump, so they get tired. And I like Ron DeSantis, but I'm not the type of person who goes, ooh, ooh, shiny. What I've heard from your callers, and let's just keep it real, and I love them, I heard a lot of snootiness. I heard a lot of vanity. I heard a lot of puff-upness. I heard people talking about how people stutter. I don't like stuck-up people. I just, I just lay it straight. And... The reason why McConnell, McCarthy, and all these other people continue to do what they do is because we train people how to treat us. We want this golden, flawless character. Oh, his mouth, his narcissism, his this, his that. People are people. Look at yourself in the mirror. How would you like it if someone says, I like half of you, but you know, since I don't like the other half, give it to somebody who's younger, ages. If you're going to if you're going to hold the line, hold the line. I'm not upset today. I'm actually happy because I think we're going to pull through. But I'm more disappointed in the way we talk about each other. It's, it's, it, 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 I was like really pulling my wig off several times. It's borderline disgusting. But people are people. It is okay to like who you like. But listen to yourself. Take a do some introspection. What you're saying about Trump and these other people and doing the ooh shiny in the comparison, does that mean a beans of squat? I'm 39 years old. I disagree with the, your Mary character or the, uh, the, the, they're beautiful, very nice people. But I disagree with them. I'm 39. I, I made myself go and vote, although I didn't want to. I wasn't thinking about Trump when I was voting on the ticket. No, my mind wasn't there. So we really have to stop this infighting, stop this 
oh, Ron this and Trump that. That crap is useless. When Karen Lake wins, because she will, they'll be back on the Trump train again. We should be on the Jesus train and make sure that we are paying attention to our state and local elections and hold the folks who are accountable accountable. Us, because uh, because of our own vanity and the leadership. Faith, you I got to tell you. You want something different. But we keep on asking. We, we, we say we want different. We say we like Trump. We say we like this. But as soon as this man, that man is down, we step on him. We step on him. We, we, we spit on him. We do that to each other, too. Faith, Don't it's mess. it's a great point. And, and, and I, I again, I, I go back to this, this idea that you cannot – you know, these people that are dumping Trump just because things don't go their way. Look, stop that. We still have a lot of a lot of votes to count. We're talking hundreds of thousands of votes. Uh, they just announced uh, that they'll have another update this evening from Arizona. Hundreds of thousands of votes that still have yet to be counted. So this thing is not over just yet. There were a lot of factors that went into how yesterday played out. And I will say this, Fox News pointing out, they asked a question, how important was the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade? How important was that for your decision to vote yesterday? 70% said it was an important factor. And I suspect that what's going to happen here is we're going to find out those were leftists and liberals, the pro-baby killing crowd that went out to vote. Um, We'll see how the church vote turned out, but I suspect many people Many church-going people stayed home, did not vote. Faith, thank you for that call. Thanks for that word. There's no bad seat on the Jesus train, by the way. Just want to point that out. Hey, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. By the way, folks, you got to check out our good buddies over at Patriot Mobile. They are mobilizing conservatives all over America. And by the way, they have just great cell service. PatriotMobile.com slash Todd is the website. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. And they've got plans to fit any budget. By the way, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. You need to know that. And they've got great plans for your home, your business. And if you are a veteran or a first responder, they're going to hook you up with even better deals and discounts. Got to use my promo code, Todd, and uh, give them a call, 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Or go to patriotmobile.com slash Todd and check out our friends at Patriot Mobile. Well, look, we had a, um, a jam-packed night, six hours of live election coverage. Uh, you heard from so many of our regular guests, Jeff Stein, Jeff Katz, Mary Walter, uh, Robin Poffman, of course, Grace Baker, uh, Caleb Park, the whole nine yards. And we also had some of our younger staffers, uh, and we thought we would bring them in. We have our good friend Alan Morrow from Liberty University, who's been with us for, what, two years now? This is beginning year two. Uh, yeah, this will be. Well, I started around March, and then, but I'm coming around for the second year. This is well, and and you've been doing a lot of writing, and then last night uh, you were part of our election coverage. And Riley Neeson from uh, the great uh, Mont, it's at Montana, but you're originally from South Dakota. Correct. Yeah. 
All right, very cool. Uh, and guys, let's get Riley's mic on. I don't think that oh, there we go. Thank you. So uh, I want to start with you, Riley. Uh, years ago, um, you sent me an essay you had written. You were uh, serving as a page in the U.S. Senate, and you made some interesting observations about the age of the senators that you were working with. What was the substance of that essay? So basically, I, I looked at the statistics of you know what the what the demographics are of the Senate, you know what how many senators are above eighty, above seventy, and I found that there's a lot of senators that have been in there for a long time, and they when you're in there for a certain amount of time, you just disconnect with the voters. You don't understand what it's like to be a common citizen anymore, and so that was sort of one of the issues that I was highlighting. And and for you, um, you're you're a college student, but you're also working a full time job. And you made an interesting decision in your in your own life about not relying on your parents. You said, you know what, I want to strike out on my own. Yes, sir. I, I felt that you know there's a certain sense of pride being financially independent. Good for you. So you're doing a full load of classes and you're working full time. Yes, sir. Oh my goodness. And uh, again, Alan Overachiever. Uh, this one right here, Riley <laughs> Sounds Neeson. Like so, it, yeah. My goodness, Alan, you've been um, boots on the ground, um, digging into politics for quite some time now. Uh, what was your takeaway? Any surprises from last night? Last night, I was surprised. I really did think it was going to be the red tsunami that a lot of people did. But like you said this morning, a red trickle is better than a blue wave. Um, I think a lot of things that really shocked me, and I was thinking about it today, and you mentioned this too, I think education is huge. And if you look at what's happening, I've been covering for your site for a while a lot of these education stories. And kids from pre-K to college are being taught like this woke stuff. And I think that this is really affecting a lot of younger people got out to vote like you talked about. And I think that we have to do something about education if we want to win the country back in the future. Riley, from from your perspective as as a young conservative, what do we need to do to to win the hearts and minds out there? Because it really is a battle for hearts and minds. Right. Well, you know, my takeaway from what happened last night and yesterday was that this was really a referendum on President Trump. And I think that there's a lot to take away on that. And I think the party needs to find a way to unite um, the Trump sides, the DeSantis sides, everyone unite so that we have a unified front so we can bring people in and, you know, beat the Democrats. You see that, Alan? I see some of it because you look at some Trump-backed candidates that didn't do very well yesterday. I still think, though, President Trump has aroused more um, awe from you know the electorate. And like you think the guy still sells merch. He People love him, but people hate him too. And it's hard to say if I think he's done. I think that this is interesting and it wasn't what I was expecting. Um, but it'll be interesting, and like Riley said, we have to have a unified message going forward because we can't handle four more years with the Democrats. Guys, I've been thinking about this, and I, here here is my possible solution. So, I look, whoever the nominee is going to be, I'm going to get behind that nominee. Um, it, as long as they're pro-life, that's, that's my issue, uh, and I will support the nominee. If it's Trump, great. If it's DeSantis, great. We just need everybody to do that in the party, and, and that's a problem. You've got establishment folks out there saying it's my way or the highway, and so, so here's my here's my possible solution. Let's say Trump decides not to run, or maybe they go and say, "Hey, look, we need somebody who's younger um, to to get out there." Let's make Trump the elder statesman of the party. We'll build a national monument. You know, you, Thomas Jefferson. You got the Jefferson. Let's build something for Trump uh, there on the Washington Mall, and I think everybody's going to be happy. I think it works. I yeah. think Trump would be very happy with that. You got the Washington Monument. I mean, you know, <laughs> FDR's got his uh, little memorial. A there. Trump hotel on the mall. 
Uh, they had a Trump hotel. <laughs> that was a great hotel, by the way, in Washington, D.C. One of the best. All right, we've got Riley Neeson. We have Alan Morrow in studio, our young guns working into the wee hours of the morning. Uh, who do you like? So if it's not going to be Trump, who do you like, uh, guys, in uh, 2024? Alan, first for you. I would have to say DeSantis. He's really, ever since COVID, he's done a really good job, and I think a lot of people really support him. And he, he really, along policy lines, he's very similar to Trump. And that's what I really loved about Trump was his policies. And, you know, Trump, for all of his personality, he could be a little bit inflammatory sometimes. And it wasn't something that I personally minded. I think we needed someone with a backbone to do what he did during his term. But I think DeSantis has enough of that, but he's still not quite as um, problematic to say as Trump. And I think he'd be great. All right, Riley. You know, I'm I'm a Nikki Haley guy. I, I think that she also has some really good, solid conservative beliefs. She stands with Trump on a lot of issues, but she also has a more calm demeanor, which I think would be very important to bring independence into the conversation. And the governor of your home state had a blowout landslide win yesterday. She did. They're already mentioning her, uh, also Kim Reynolds. Uh, so they may be possible contenders uh, if, in fact, Trump doesn't run. Regardless, we know Pompeo uh, says he's going to throw his uh, hat into the ring. Also, Mike Pence. So we'll have to see how all that plays out. And guys, uh, our time is playing out here. So well done. Great job. And I'm sure we'll see uh, see you guys on the website soon. Thanks, Todd. Yeah, thank you, Todd. All right, guys. And thank you. Hey, folks, tomorrow, hang tight. We've got wall-to-wall coverage. You do not, do not, do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a great day in America. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.